welcome to the Unrecruited Podcast. My name is Kobe Gonzalez, and with me as always I have Kyle Edwards. What up? This is episode 2.1. I say that because we actually recorded an entire podcast, but the audio was not recording. So we were talking to ourselves for 30 minutes, <laughs> and, and, there was, and we lost all that work. So we're going to go through it again from from the top, okay? It's almost like we're amateurs. Yeah, this is... It's episode two, so we're going to get there. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Unrecruited. Make sure you follow me as well on Twitter, at HalfStarKobe. Make sure you follow Kyle on Twitter, at KWeezy underscore 23. Follow me first, though, because he's not as active. (laughs) I tweet a lot more. I'm I'm trying to get back into it, guys. Don't. And I'm changing my name soon. it's, It's coming. It's coming. We'll update you as soon as it gets changed. Yeah. All right, so on the first episode, we talked about Summer League. Our impressions. We actually went in person, so go ahead and check that one out, episode one, on our SoundCloud feed. And today we're going to talk about free agency kind of as a whole, because it's we're kind of nearing the end, so not too many things are happening. So we're going to talk about each of our favorite free agency signings, our least free, least favorite free agency signings, the worst contract, the best value contract, and the most excited to see on a new team. So the first one we're going to talk about, the favorite free agency signing, this is just in terms of like maybe the fit. Mm-hmm. Or the value, or the storyline, or kind of any. I kept kind of left it up to interpretation. So, Kyle, go ahead and give me your favorite free agency signing. All right, I have three. I will rank them one through three. Um, number too much work, Kyle. Yeah, I know, overachiever. <laughs> um, number one is JJ Redick. Uh, I debated, and I just I felt like that that was the best contract in terms of fit. Um, number two was KCP to the Lakers again, mostly because of fit. And just the contract as a whole. And number three, my dark horse was Rudy Gay to the Spurs. Why? I was really surprised yeah. about that one. Yeah. Um, two year deal, only seventeen million, so it's a low risk, high reward, and the Spurs are known to do their magic, so I just feel like that's gonna end up being a great contract for the Spurs. So those are my three favorite signings. Yeah, you can't go wrong signing with the Spurs really and it's gonna. It's cool because you've never really seen Rudy Gay on a, a good team quite yet, so I'm excited to see him in a good system. And he's always been meant to be not the best guy on the team because if he's the best guy on the team, he's gonna get you right below the playoffs. So putting him in a system with a lot of good players around him and allowing him to be maybe the second go-to scorer behind Kawhi, it will help him out a lot. So I think that's a, it's a solid one as your third signing and. We actually share the number one signing, and anybody else who doesn't think this is the number one signing is just hating. That's <laughs> yeah. at you guys in the group chat. It is <laughs> JJ Redick signing with the 76ers for one year, $23 million. Now, he's going to fit really well, like Kyle said. Just having him to give a lot of space to Markel Fultz while he tries to figure it out, especially for Ben Simmons, who can't shoot too well right now, who's probably shooting with the wrong hand and to allow Embiid some room to work and kind of cut down on those turnovers so I was I didn't realize how great of a shooter Redick really was especially recently until I looked into the numbers so over the last three years he's actually shot 45 percent from three so making the last three years his best three years and in each season he's made at least 200 threes per season it was something like 200 200, 201, so just right there. And before Steph Curry, that was actually a huge accomplishment to hit those 200 threes. 
And if you're thinking, when's the last time the Sixers had a shooter this good? That's the exact question I had. <laughs> and I went on basketball reference and I filtered that through. And the last guy we had was Kyle Korver, 2005 to 2006. So it's been over 10 years since we've had anybody of this caliber to shoot threes. And I'm, I'm just really excited to see somebody shoot a three. Because every time, no matter who the person <laughs> is on the Sixers, I put my arms up. Like when the referee says the the three was made. Yeah. I do that every single time. It's going to be good where I'm going to be right half the time almost. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually going to have something to cheer for. And the one-year deal, it's, it's a lot of money, but we had to spend that money anyways. I mean, we wouldn't have to, but... Pretty much might, get yeah, might as well. Yeah. But it helps us remain cap flexible because after this year, this is going to be the last time that we can probably sign a max free agent. And there's a lot of guys coming up the next year. And the the Covington renegotiation is going to come through. Embiid extension, Ben extension, Markel extension. Those are all going to come through kind of following each other. So it's going to be an important summer to keep flexible to add somebody next year and as long as JJ is open for it, we can probably sign him to a much more reasonable, longer-term deal that will help him out. And since he's been loyal to us and we have gave him all that money, so that will be something to look forward to this coming summer. And he also has his own podcast, so I'm going to be really excited to hear Joel Embiid on a podcast because he's, he's not going to be in this one. I've already tried a few times trying to get him on here. <laughs> but listening to Embiid in any setting is always going to be entertaining, and to get to hear him more is going to be exciting for me personally, and it seems like other people around the league like him as well. So I can't wait to hear those versions of the podcast. Yeah. Now next I want to talk about the least favorite free agency signing. Kyle, give oh, me boy. your least favorite. Um, this may be a shock. Actually, this will be a shock to most people. It was a shock to me yeah. when we first did it. Yeah. But now that we're doing it again, it's not. So it's probably going to be a shock to you. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite is Gordon Hayward to the Celtics. And the reason why, as I begin my rant, is because the Celtics' plan has changed so many times throughout the course of this season. At first, it was, oh, we're going to have Fultz. We're going to have Jimmy Butler trade. We're going to do. Uh, we're gonna have Gordon Hayward. And then Danny Age didn't make a move, so okay, that's fine. We'll just do uh, Paul George and Hayward, and again, Danny Ainge didn't make a move. So then, okay, okay, now we have Hayward, and oh, wait, now we have to get rid of Bradley to make room. Okay, so this is a prime example of just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and ending up with nothing. The biggest example I can think of is when you're sitting at a bar and you're waiting for the right, the perfect, quote-unquote, perfect time to talk to that girl, and you keep waiting and you keep waiting, and by the time you talk to her, she's already got another dude on her. Or when you're in the parking lot at a crowded mall, we've all been through this, and you find a decent spot, but you're like, no, I think I'm going to wait for a better one. So you keep driving and driving and driving. 20 minutes later, your wife is pissed off at you because you're still looking for a spot, and you didn't take the first one, and now you got to walk 20 miles just to get to the mall when you could have already shopped and gone home. It's, it's just a prime example of waiting too long. Danny Ainge has been known to do this. He's done this multiple times, and people still defend him for doing it. So, I mean, I get it. You got a better player in Gordon Hayward, but now you lose Avery Bradley. Uh, you got to keep Isaiah Thomas now because you, instead of signing Fultz or any other point guard in this deep at the top point guard draft, now you got to overpay for Isaiah Thomas, who's one of the worst defenders in the league. So, I just, I did not see that many bright sides to signing Gordon Hayward. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't like this at all. 
So I want to get this straight from your two analogies. You're, for first, you're saying that Danny Ainge is basically in a bar right now trying to find girls, which I yeah. love the idea of. Yeah, exactly. And second, <laughs> you're calling Gordon Hayward that parking spot in the back of the mall that's super not sunny and no back. one wants to be. Not the back, but you know, like in the middle. It's not super okay. close. It's not super far. Uh, again, Gordon Hayward's not you know super elite, but he's not average. Can we start so. that nickname? <laughs> Gordon Hayward, the parking spot. He doesn't have a nickname yet. <laughs> Let's but you, you know, you get exactly what I mean. Yeah, you're you're I waiting for the perfect time, and then you end up with something less uh, than what you could have gotten. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they're asking for too much for Jimmy Butler. And then we realized all it took was Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and a pick. Yeah. So And you got to pick with him. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, the deal wasn't even that high. And it's just, I'm just, yeah, I just don't get why Danny H waits so long. I really don't. Yeah, exactly. So, the uh, my least favorite free agency signing is Kyle Korver re-signing with the Cavs for three years, twenty-one million dollars. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is Mr. Cavs fan over here. Well, Mr. LeBron fan, so yeah. he's kind of invested yeah. with that. Looks like I'll be packing my bag soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be gone soon. But Kyle Korver, like I know you need a shooter, <laughs> but I feel like there's just so many other options out there. Not yeah. not at the caliber he's at, but since we're talking about the caliber. I actually looked into this. So players to hit three-pointers over five attempts per game. And... <laughs> so, so to hit three... We'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> players at 40% on threes at over five attempts per game at the age of 36. There was three. Reggie Miller, Jason Kidd, and Ray Allen. So we're talking about all Hall of Fame le- le- level players, which Kyle Korver might end up being in the end. But it's just a, it's a really small class. And then if you dive further into 37 and 38-year-olds, there's absolutely nobody. So that's how long you have him for this three-year contract. So he might he's going to provide value for you in the first year, but history says he's not going to provide the same value in the other years. He's yeah, he's just he's just getting older. So it's it's not not to blame to him. It's the team yeah. giving him that contract. He probably took that easily. They could have just let him walk, to be honest, but. I mean, yeah, they probably maybe they thought LeBron and Kyrie were staying. They were gonna give it a chance, and maybe that's what it took for Corver. Maybe he had another offer. Yeah, we'll, we'll never know on that part. But also, since they're over the cap, this signing cost them so much more. Like the owner cost Dan Gilbert all that money, so he had to sign off on it. So I don't know what he was thinking on signing Kyle Corver for this large amount of money. So next is the the worst contract, which doesn't have to be in terms of fit, value, storyline. Kind of like the value of it, I guess. So Kyle, which one is your worst contract? Worst, this was pretty easy for me, even though there are like a few really bad contracts. Uh, for me, it was Kelly Olynyk, four years, $50 million to the Heat. I mean, my goodness, there was no market for this guy. So why they gave him four years, first of all, was ridiculous to me. Maybe two years um, would have been just enough. But four, $50 million? That was way too much. I uh, I saw that he had gotten signed, and when I saw the details, I was like, what? Four years, 50? Why so much for a guy that's extremely inconsistent? I just, I didn't see it. See, but how much would yeah. you pay for a guy who won a game seven? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess in this market, who knows? But yep. uh, Kelly Olenek, really? Four years, 50? And he doesn't help him win that many more games, if any more. So I just I don't know. Well, every player, every team needs a player that can win a game seven and can break somebody's arm off. Why don't you get you a guy who does both? Easy. Uh, that's Super a good game. point. That's Easy a good contract. point. Yeah. 
My worst contract is Drew Holiday re-signing with the Pelicans for five years, $126 million. Wow. Props to Drew for using his leverage, though. Yeah, I, mean, I love yeah. The, the story The story part of it. I love. He, he's he been such a good guy throughout his career. He's never complained once being on the Sixers and the Pelicans. Never have really been on, never really been on a good team. And he just went through that thing where his wife had a brain tumor, I believe, and the Pelicans let him take some time off. Mm-hmm. Pay, they didn't deduct his pay or anything for it to take care of her. So I like the storyline part of it. But when we're talking about strictly financials, it is a very bad contract. He is the 16th highest paid player in this upcoming season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when you look at the list of players being paid less than him, it's insane. So please let me know at HalfStarKobe on Twitter if you think that he will produce anywhere close to the 16th highest paid player production at any point in the season. I love the guy. He's a, he's a very he's a good point guard. Not not great. I don't know if he's going to provide you the value you need. Also, if slash when Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins leave, you're going to be left with yeah. Drew Holiday yeah. at four years, $25 million a year, or three years. Either way, you got him on a long-term contract, which is going to be damn near impossible to move. Yeah. Unless you have assets to move with it, which... They don't. <laughs> they don't, yeah. So, But then you get any assets, you're going to have to move it with him. So... You're going to be stuck in kind of a net situation to trying to figure out what you can do to move those guys and what you can do to, I don't know, are you tanking? What are you, what are you doing? You're kind of in between. So it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in the future. Well, to be fair, he's probably their first or second best shooter. So <laughs> He is, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about them on the court a little bit later in the, the questions, but which one is your best value contract? Best value, uh, KCP, one year. Um, eighteen million. Um, this was a steal. Uh, it went from the Pistons saying we are gonna match no matter yeah. what, even if it's a super or you know a max or whatever, we're matching no matter what. To now he's to the Lakers for one year, eighteen million. That's a steal. That's a big steal. So I, I find that as one of the best value contracts for sure. No yeah, doubt. I think everyone thought also that the Nets were going to at least try and yeah. throw maybe maybe a max or maybe near max. Yeah. And I even thought the Sixers might have thought about throwing out a max or near max offer. I'm glad we didn't now just because I want to stay flexible for next year. Yeah. But getting him, yeah, getting him for one year, only $18 million, it's like it's a, it's a year tryout for the team. We're going to talk about his long-term fit later, but... I, yeah, I can see the, the value in that. It's going to help Lonzo's development as well. And props to the Pistons for bouncing back from that, getting Avery Bradley, too. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. Recovering something. But, yeah. man, I think Drummond's going to be gone soon, too, though. Uh, yeah, I think they'll move I don't know on. what they're doing. Yeah. So my best value contract is Kevin Durant, which should be everyone's number one answer. He re-signed with the Warriors for two years, $51.25 million, with a player option on the second year. He's going to be paid around the same Drew Holiday being paid. That's all I need to say in terms of best value contract, really. Yeah. He's um, super unselfish. He took yeah. less. He took about $10 million less than he could have taken to be able to get his guys back, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. I, I think I'm calling it now. We're never going to see a team this unselfish on the court and off the court to be able to play together. That's what makes them so special. You had to get a right mix of personality financials working out you had to make sure Steph Curry's ankles were what they were before yep so in terms of value you're gonna get 
if you think that Drew Holiday is going to outperform Kevin Durant in terms of value, please let me know what your name is on Twitter so I can block you forever. <laughs> yeah, I call this the three-peat contract. Uh, they're going for the three-peat, so he took less money, and uh, they're probably going to get it done, to be honest. I don't really see anyone beating them, so three-peat contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm, guys, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say the Warriors are going to win the championship next year. Yeah. I'm going out on a huge limb there. Yeah, that's a real... Uh, <coughs> It's a real doozy. So next is the most excited to see on a new team. This one doesn't have to be a signing necessarily. It can be a trade. Anything that happened during free agency. Mine, I have two. Um, Chris Paul to the Rockets, of course. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that works in the D'Antoni system. Uh, they'll figure it out because, I mean, NBA players love offense, so they'll find a way to make it work. But that's definitely going to be interesting. Um and then Paul Millsap to the Nuggets. Um, with Jokic's performance last season, literally blindsiding everybody, uh, he showed that he's going to be probably their cornerstone player. And he needed a four that can actually play on offense. No disrespect to Fareed, but he's not an offensive threat. So Millsap is literally the perfect fit, and they're going to fight for that eighth seed. So we might see the Nuggets back in the playoffs again. Who knows? Yeah, I like the Nuggets more than I like the Timberwolves. Wow, that's, this team. Yeah, wow. Yep, I didn't. I didn't say that in the first version, guys. I left, <laughs> I left that hot take for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's actually interesting. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Just get them yeah. a point guard. Yeah, I'm telling you, if they can find a way to get Kyrie without giving up Jokic or Millsap, I mean, it's gonna. It might take Murray, Moody, Moody, whatever. Man, Moody has been a real disappointment. Gary Harris is gonna be gone for sure, and whatever yeah. deal happens there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe in the Nuggets a lot more. And with the Rockets, James Harden, Chris Paul, there's a reason Chris Paul didn't sign an extension. He's going to give it the year to try it out. And we don't know where he's going to go next year. So it's it's basically an audition for for them. But the Rockets have James Harden locked up for the next six years. <laughs> exactly. So I think they'll be fine if Chris Paul leaves anyways. He's already 33-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So the most excited I am to see on a new team is none other than Swaggy P <laughs> on the Warriors for one year 5.192 million that's a really specific contract yeah but whew, the the Warriors are fun to watch on their own like just the way they move the ball how fast the pace is the constant three point shooting even they have a lot of guys with with personality and then you throw in Nick Young to that mix a bunch of super cocky guys when it comes oh, to three-point shooting, Steph Curry just shooting, turning around all the time. Nick Young, we've seen him attempt that. Didn't work out well the one time I've seen it. But <laughs> it's going to be so – he's going to be so hyped up during those games. And even if he's not doing anything, he's going to feel like he is. Yeah, yeah. Like Steph Cur Steph's going to hit five threes in a row. Nick Young's going to hit one three. And he's going to feel like he hit six in a row. He's going to add up that hype. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting, and he's gonna be successful. And I don't know if he deserves it. I would have rather personally see Jamal Crawford on there, some guy who's been in the league a lot longer and yeah. more of a professional. But in terms of fun, it's gonna be super fun to watch him on that team. And I gotta make sure I follow the Warriors players on like Snapchat and Instagram because I want to see behind the scenes when they bag on him and make fun of him all the time. But they gotta watch out because you don't. You wanna make sure you don't record Nick Young yeah, too many times. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. We can't have that again. 
Um, as much as a goofball as he is, I think he's actually a great fit for this team. Um, I think the winning culture will really make him get a little more serious as far as on the court. I mean, he's always going to be a goofball off the court, but I think I think this is a weird but good fit. Yeah. Yeah, I think what the Warriors got to do is somehow they got to retain JaVale and somehow get Gilbert Arenas out of retirement. Because <laughs> that Gilbert, oh, Nick Young, yeah. make JaVale sure. McGee team. Make sure those metal detectors are working right this oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Arenas and Nick Young still hang out, though. I think I've seen them on like Snapchat and Instagram stories and all that. That's a disaster. So bring, that back, bring the hibachi back. Yeah, jeez. All right, so now we're going to take a few Twitter questions that we have. So first is from Perry Aston at Perry Aston on Twitter. He wants to know about KCP to the Lakers, big Lakers fan, and how he fits with Polinka and Magic's future plans. So not really on the court, but kind of how he's going to fit in the future in terms of signing him. Are, we, are you guys going to be able to? So I wanted to be able to take it from that, that level. So I looked at the salary for next year for the Lakers. And they have 50 for practical cap space. So this is when you take away cap holds and everything. So this includes giving up the rights to Julius Randle and the rights to KCP and Brooke Lopez and Corey Brewer. So it's very realistic. They're, they'll have $51 million. And if you guys want Paul George and LeBron James, you're going to have to – they're both going to command at least – 30, 30 if they're going to cut money, $35 million if they're taking all they can. So if you get rid of Jordan Clarkson, that's going to clear up about the space you need to sign both Paul George and LeBron James. Yep. But you can't get much after that. You're going to be going for the mid-level and minimum guys. So if you guys get both, you're not going to be able to have KCP, but you might be fine with it at yeah, that point, that to point. be honest. And... So where I see KCP fitting in the future plans, this being like a one-year tryout, essentially. See how he fits with Lonzo, help with his development, help him take on somebody on defense, because if Lonzo can't guard Kendall Marshall, we're going to have some issues. He's going to need to take on those guys. And just, if you, I guess the, the backup plan is if you only get one of those guys, which I'm sure you'll still be happy with getting just Paul George, just LeBron James, then you probably have enough money to be able to sign um, KCP to a, a longer-term deal in terms of like four years, three years, or whatever. Yeah. Then you're looking at a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, KCP, Paul George, Kyle Kuzma, who I think you should keep over Julius Randle. We both agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma being a better long-term player. And then you can put either Thomas Bryant, Zubak, or you can sign somebody in free agency because... Unless you get Brooke Lopez back for super cheap, which I don't know if he's willing to do that or not. He's from California. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, so I think he, I think he'll, he'll fit in. I think it's. I wouldn't fall in love with him now. I think he could work into the future plans, but it's going to be a whole year-long tryout process, basically. Yeah. I mean, it just shows how much smarter the front office is now signing him to that one-year deal. Uh, Mitch Kupchak probably would have threw the kitchen sink at him. He but, doesn't have uh, any kitchen sinks left. He threw both of them at so, Mozgov and Dang. Jeez. Nobody has two oh, kitchen man. sinks, but they happen to have them. Now they got none. Jeez. So this just shows, hey, your front office is looking way better. That's for sure. So I think I'm this still is not ready good. to believe in magic, though. I'm still, yeah, I'm still skeptical. Uh, I mean, well, they're moving in the right direction. That's for sure. The man said Lakers are back after a summer league Yeah, I, I don't know about all that, but yeah. But you guys are you guys are heading the right way, so... I, I hope you guys do well, kind of. 
<laughs> so the next question comes from Christian McGowan on Twitter. His handle is at McGowan75. He wanted to know about Rondo to the Pelicans, how he will work on the court with the current starters. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sticky one. This is just not a good team. Yeah, um, so I think, personally, I think they could work together. Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins. But, guys, their small forward is Solomon Hill. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. Maybe he's like a solid rotation player, but when you're talking about all these guys, I, if... If Anthony Davis and and Boogie Cousins figure out that four five pick and roll, it's gonna be unstoppable. Like th- this is the blueprint to beat the Warriors. This is what you need to be doing: having two dominant big men and having just ball handlers around. Each of those guys can pass well. Even Anthony Davis for his position and Boogie Cousins, they yeah. they've shown growth in terms of passing. Defense is gonna be. I think it's gonna be a slight issue, especially against the Warriors, but. They shouldn't even worry about that right now. No, heck no. They should just worry about this season, seeing if they gel, figuring out if you want to keep Boogie or not, or if you want to flip him at the deadline for something. But I think this definitely could work. A lot of things are going to have to just play out well, and we're going to need to see some improvement in terms of chemistry between Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins. They just have no bench. (laughs) Yeah, we, we robbed the bench before. It's scary. Oh, man. It's just not... It's not looking great. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. Their bench. Omer Sheik, Etwan Moore, Alexis Ajinka, Quincy Pondexter. I'm naming guys that, like, you're playing 2K, right? And you're you're doing a fantasy draft, and you're in, like, round 12. Yeah. you're and like, you, th- And you somehow get <laughs> six picks in that round, and that's how you fill out your bench. Oh, man. This is just... Not good. Uh, it's not looking great. Um, they have to be careful not to lose Anthony Davis and Boogie. Um, they've locked up Drew. Um, just ugh. Just ugh. Uh, New Orleans ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel a little dirty just talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the last thing we wanted to bring up was we. we Every once in a while, we want to talk about social media because it's really important now in terms of players. Because it's been picking up a lot, especially with our generation. Players like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, who, who, who grew up around it and are more accustomed to using it and give us an inside look on their, their daily lives. So I, I love their, their interaction personally. Some people don't. But <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so the, the, the one tweet I wanted to bring up this week was tweeted mere seconds <laughs> mere seconds after the Los Angeles Lakers won the prestige summer league championship oh boy it's a, it's a it's quite the accomplishment they didn't have enough accomplishments already they wanted to make sure they got that banner to hang up yeah in the stadium and they got their their trophy so they're going to put it probably in the janitor's closet to be honest <laughs> but Paul George who has been rumored to be very interested in the Lakers. He's come out publicly to say he's not really, but I don't even know what to believe with Paul George, to be honest. But he tweeted, this is, quote, God is good. This is right after they won the championship. He tweeted, God is good, right after the championship. So if you're thinking he was even watching that game, I don't know what to say. I mean, maybe he had like a, maybe he, he was eating, he had a good sandwich. Wow, God is good. Love the sandwich. That could be, that's, that's, that's the exact same. That's the exact same significance this this championship had. Especially because he's known to change his mind fifty million times. Oh yeah, he's, um, 
I've said it before. He's like the guy and the girl who are friends, and the guy really likes her. They hit it off, and the guy really likes her, and she gets a new boyfriend. And um, obviously, it sucks, and he's upset, but they're still friends, so he goes with it. And, you know, he's reading into her social media and all her tweets, and he thinks it's all about him. And, oh, she's going to come back to me one day. It's the exact same thing with the Lakers. Paul George got a new girlfriend with OKC, and uh, the Lakers are still hoping that there's a chance he's going to come come next season. So, uh, of course, they're going to read into this and think, oh, Paul George is ready, and he's not going to be committed to OKC ever, and we just don't know that that's going to be the case. Because he... According to him, again, he could change his mind again mid-season, but he said if they're winning that he's going to want to stay in OKC. So, yeah, who I mean, knows with this guy? Just, yeah, just let, let the yeah, guy be religious. Yeah. Let, him, let him say God is good. I mean, whatever. If he, so. tweets, if he tweets something super ambiguous, like Ben Simmons with the eyes emoji, yeah, like yeah. LeBron, we'll talk about that then. You can That can be up to interpretation, but I'm sure he wasn't really caring yeah. too much about the Summer League Championship. With someone like Paul George, you can only read into it if he says, oh my goodness, OKC sucks, I'm coming yeah. to LA. That, then we can talk. But it's until then, long year. yeah. Yeah. Alright guys, so thanks for sticking with us on the second try, even though it was the first <laughs> try for you guys. I don't know about you, my voice is tired, I need some water. Yeah. But make sure you, fo- you, make sure you follow us and like the podcast on SoundCloud, leave any comments or reviews. It's soundcloud.com slash unrecruitedpodcast, or you can just search for us in the app. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at unrecruited, and follow our personal accounts. My account is at halfstarkobe, and once again, Kyle's for now is at kweezy underscore 23. Follow along for any funny tweets, pictures of my dogs, gifs, <laughs> anything you want. Just let me know what you want to hear. And, and a lot uh, of Sixers crap. And when, we, and when we request questions, so because right now we're in the very boring part of the, the offseason, well... Who knows with the NBA, actually. Yeah. So if there's nothing to talk about, I'm going to ask for questions. Any question you want, basketball-related or not, preferably basketball, just let us know. We'll answer that for you. But this has been the Unrecruited Podcast, Episode 2. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.